Hey, it's me, the Internet's Gabriel Rutledge, talking into my laptop, letting you know GabrielRutledge.com has all my tour dates on there. I'm in Eugene, Oregon, Thursday, January 26th. I'm in Newburgh, Oregon, Friday, January 27th. I'm at Heckler's in Victoria, B.C., one of my favorite clubs on God's green earth. Uh... February, yeah, I'm doing shit. Skyline Comedy Club in Wisconsin, uh, February 2 to 4. The Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas, February 8 to 11. Bunch of other shit. Valentine's Day, Spokane Comedy Club. If you want to give me five bucks a month and not receive any extra episodes, click on the Substack link in the episode notes. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. It's 10.32 p.m. 39 degrees outside. I know it's below 40 because every time it gets below 40, uh, my new car goes ding! And it just means it's cold out, which is pretty aggressive. Just, uh, just had a show in Vancouver. Back-to-back weeks I've had shows in beautiful Vancouver, Washington. Last week at the Kiggins Theater, which is, it's a beautiful theater. in this, uh, sort of this redone downtown Vancouver. Looks like they're trying to genderfy, but it's not worked yet. Uh, but it was still fun. That, that was a fun show last week. Uh, I think we had like 70 people in a room that holds 250, but, uh, still, I mean, 70 people in a room that holds 70 is great. Seventy people in a room that holds two fifty is, uh, you know, a normal penis in a giant vagina. Feels weird. Well, this podcast started aggressive. No one from Portland goes to Vancouver. I, I, both the shows I did in Vancouver, I talked about it. Uh, I talked to some fun British lady last week. Tonight, uh, the show I did at the Underbar. Again, no one, no one in the room was from Portland, except for other comedians. It's like a a couple mile drive. It's not even a drive. They touch. Vancouver and Portland touch. A bridge connects them. And also, when you talk to Portland comedians about Vancouver, they act like it's like doing a show in, like, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Like, oh, Vancouver? They won't be able to hear my jokes over the sound of spit cups. I guess, I think it'd be cool to live in Vancouver. I don't know that much about Vancouver, but it would be close to Portland. 
And let's see, uh, Washington State, where Vancouver's in Washington State, Portland's in Oregon. Uh, Washington State has no income tax, but it does have sales tax. So you could live in Vancouver, buy all your shit in Portland, and it's like a 10% off sale. So I kind of get why people from Portland wouldn't go to Vancouver, where everything's 10% more expensive. Although maybe, if it's a big purchase, you might not, I don't know, if you live in Oregon, you might not have to pay sales tax other places. I don't know how it works. Email me, Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. This is primarily a tax podcast. We'll get to the bottom of it. I noticed something uh, when people are complimenting me. And then they say, after a show, they're complimenting me. And then they say, how long have you been doing comedy? And I say, 21 years. And they go, oh, that's why. And I'm always like, hey. I know some people have been doing comedy 21 years who aren't very good. I I deserve some credit that I stuck around and got good. Although that's still a better response than bombing at a show and then having someone say, how long have you been doing comedy? And then I still have to say 21 years and I go, ooh. Well, can't say you didn't stick with it. Excuse me. Got to clear my throat. I have a cold. I have a little bit of a cold. It's a minor cold, but I'm majorly annoyed. (laughs) I feel like I've not been sick about two weeks out of the last four months. Uh, And again, it's not that bad, but I'm just like, good grief. I thought tonight's show was going to be bad in Vancouver because two days ago, the uh, promoter said, hey, the show switched venues. We're doing a different bar down the street. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, But we went to uh, the underbar, which was like, I I think it's a gay bar. I don't know. Uh, It's like a speakeasy vibe. Underground. Well, underground, you know, a basement. Living in a basement means you're underground. That's, that means my uncle lived with my grandparents underground until he was in his 30s. That sounds a lot cooler than wouldn't leave the basement. He was the kind of kid who lived in the basement and would like yell shit up too, like, Hey, Ma! We're out of milk! Should have yelled back, hey son, you're 31. But fun show tonight at the Speakeasy, although you know, I was teasing them because they have karaoke afterwards. I've never I've never introduced a comedian of this caliber, so I'm quite excited because this guy's been seen all over the place. Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, HBO, Amazon Prime, Comedy Central. 
He has not only been seen all over TV, he is the winner of the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival and the winner of the Seattle International Comedy Competition. Everybody give it up for Gabriel Rutledge! Thank you. Thank you. That, that was too good of an introduction. I was, I was like, I was back there like, mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, this show feels fucking illegal. I love it. Although I do have to say the speakeasy vibe has been broken with the announcement karaoke will be next. Is that what they did back in the prohibition times? After, after the comedy. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. That might be the wrong era, but I'm going with it. I almost had a lady show me a dick pic tonight. Because I brought it up in my very classy act. Have I seen your one? Don't pull it up now, lady. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not doing this joke to inspire your favorite memory of a dick. Let me see it. Yeah, I want to see it. Let me see this. I'm gonna be real mad if it's the same fucking guy. I thought we shared something. Will you show me? Will you show me the dick? She'll show me the dick. She's just gonna scroll through a lot of other ones first. She, you, can't, you can't show me the dick? That's fine. That's fine. I'm soliciting it, but it is not coming. It's fine. You don't have to show me. It's fine. She's gonna message me later when I don't expect it. Oh my god! Uh, and then she could not find the dick pic, and then she showed it to me after the show, which was a lot less fun. Like during the show, it would have been like a fun moment. I would have said something funny, hopefully. After the show, it really was kind of weird. And also, I thought it was like a picture someone sent her. This was just like. A picture of a naked dude with a, you know, a penis that looked huge. But it was like a porn picture, not like that some dude sent her. I'm like, yeah, we could, I could Google giant dick myself. And I have. But, you know, I thought she was going to show me like, you know, one from the wild. Tomorrow I have to basically drive all the way back. Uh, I have a show in Portland. And then because I am good at scheduling, I will drive home, sleep for an hour or two, and then uh, fly to San Diego. To Mike Drop Comedy. Everyone talks about dropping the mic in comedy, like, you know, when shit goes good, you drop the mic and get the hell out of here. But I'm here to talk about the person who has to pick it back up. Maybe next time I'm in San Diego, I'll, uh, I'll work Pick It Up Comedy Club across town. I don't know if I'll ever work this club in San Diego again because, no, I mean, I'm not, it seems nice and I haven't even been there yet. But like, I'm working the B room is like a smaller room and they have like a bigger room 
So the room holds like 50 people. One show Friday, one show Saturday. It's like a 50-50 door deal. Not to get too inside the money of comedy. But I'm really not, you know. The best case scenario is like, oh, that was okay, money-wise. I just wanted to do it because I've never worked San Diego. And uh, a club emailed me back. That's pretty rare. Dang, it's foggy. It's foggy here in I-5 North. My wife asked me, Like the worst heckle anyone had ever heckled me. And uh, I've told the story before about a lady at a sports bar in Kirkland who was talking. And then uh, I tried to get her attention. And I, uh, I don't know what I said to her. Now I can't remember. I said something like, uh, Why is your back turned to me? Or something like that. Or why are you talking? Or something. Something with a why in it. And she turned around and goes, I don't know. Why is your hair so much prettier than your face? (laughs) Oh, ow. Yes, that was a pretty devastating heckle. But that's not what I told my wife when she said, what's the worst thing anyone said? Heckled you on stage. Because this wasn't actually a heckle. It was just... I said a joke. I don't remember where it was, but God, do I remember the noise. I said a joke. It got like an okay response. There wasn't a lot of people in the room. And some guy in the crowd after the punchline just goes, waka waka. God damn, that hurt. Like Fozzie Bear from the Muppets. Waka waka. I'm like, yeah, they're all waka waka. I'm doing jokes, man. It's like someone doing the rim shot sound, like after you tell a joke. Waka waka. So that means, uh, you know, for the rest of the day or several days, my wife, uh, every time I said something, my wife would go waka waka. fun to annoy your uh, partner. Isn't that some sort of expression? Uh, marriage is finding that special someone you want to annoy for the rest of your life? There's some truth to that. My wife just turned 49. I turned 49 three weeks before she does. She always makes a big deal about how much older I am. And then the kids picked it up. You're so much older than mom, dad. So am I thrilled that that joke will just keep going until one of us dies? Well, no. But I have things I get to do to annoy her. What's one of them? Oh, uh, (laughs) whenever 
we're eating almonds. I never say almonds. Whenever the word almond comes up, I say almond really obnoxiously. Mm, I love almonds. Why does that annoy her? I don't know. But it does. I wish there were almonds in this trail mix. You ever had almond M&Ms? Waka waka! One time at a restaurant, I told my wife I'd give her five dollars if uh, she was gonna order French toast. I told her I'd give her five bucks if she said it French toast, if that's how she pronounced it. Uh, and she did, very loudly and obnoxiously. And what will you be having? And she's like, "I'll have the French toast." And the waitress was like, "The French? You wanted the French toast?" And Christy, my wife, was like, "Yes, the French toast." Best $5 I ever spent. You know what band I was listening to the other day? The Almond Brothers. God, the Almond Brothers have some good songs. I've, uh, I've had some success with uh, videos on my Facebook page recently. I know a lot of comedians listen to this podcast. Not... The reels. That's why everyone's talking about reels. That's the videos that are like 60 seconds or less. Or maybe 90 seconds or less. I'm still putting those up and they're doing okay. But I've had some success with just like long form videos. Whatever. 90 plus seconds. 3 minutes. 4 minutes. 2 minutes. Whatever it is. I've gotten a lot of views in the last few weeks. And I went from about 7,000 followers on my Facebook page to... Uh, I don't know, ten or 11,000. And I didn't know when you hit 10,000, you got to enable ads. Which means I'm rich, bitch. I don't even need to do comedy anymore. I'll just repost the same videos. I... But I don't know, when, when a dry bar clip goes up from my dry bar special on Facebook, some of them are at like... 200,000, 300,000 views. They've been up for a long time. One of them's at like 900,000. And then I get eventually a little bit of a cut of that profit once they recoup their cost. But like, I'm kind of doing that myself now. I have like a couple videos in the 200,000 range. I got a bunch of them in the 100,000 range, a bunch of them below that. I'm like, uh, I've only, you know, I'm actually making nothing crazy, but like I'm making money from my own page and not sharing it with anyone. It's fantastic. One of my videos is, uh, that I put up uh, a couple weeks ago is approaching 600,000 views. And it is absolute chaos in the comments. I mean, fucking chaos. But I think that's helping. Now, granted, the video is about one of my children seeing my penis. So things are going to get a little... That one actually has limited ads because it's controversial. (laughs) She was like five. She was like a five-year-old kid at the time. She comes running in. I step out of the shower. She just points (laughs) in the direction of my penis. And I can't stress this part enough. 
She was not happy. <laughs> like, I, I just stepped out of the shower to see this. Like, <laughs> it threw me. I froze. I was like, what? my reaction. Like, she was a tiny T-Rex, like they sense movie. And then finally, she just goes, your vagina's gross. I wasn't ready for that either. Also, didn't take it as a teachable moment at all. I responded in the same voice I would have used if I was being bullied in a junior high locker room. I was like, it's not a vagina. <laughs> I want you to remember that joke, it's important. Especially if you're a single lady. Because that's what I think your response should be the next time some guy sends you an unsolicited dick pic. Vagina's gross. <laughs> Just so somewhere out there, there's a confused bro who's like, what? It's not a vagina. Facebook was like, we don't like this one. Limited ads. But what kind of comments? Uh, okay, I don't even read all of them because there's thousands of them, or maybe not, but at least hundreds of them. But it'll, it'll just show me like the most recent ones. And the one I saw said, I read the two articles you sent me, but a lot of people don't realize on native reservations what sort of issue abortion is. What? What the fuck is happening in those comments? We're talking about Native American reservation abortions? Because my five-year-old saw me get out of the shower and said, your vagina's gross? I mean, most of the comments are just moms talking about what their kids have said to them. You know, a lot of like, mom, you have a front butt. <laughs> that kind of shit. I did, I broke my, I was not going to respond to any negative comments. But on a different video where, uh, these are all old videos, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is the beauty of, uh, having videos is you just put them up over and over and over again. I've made TikTok revenue from these videos. Some of these videos got to put up, not by Drybar, but by someone else that I made money off. Now I'm making my own money off of them. But it's me reading text messages my wife sent me. Just sort of like, hey, uh, here's terrible text my wife has sent me. It's from a long time ago. My kids were much younger. It's actually not even a great version of the joke. It always bothered me. I never got like a... That joke is actually better usually. It doesn't matter. This is like if you don't have kids and you wonder what your life would be like if you did. These are just some text messages from the future. Also, there's a lot of good stuff about having kids, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. Because happiness isn't funny. We're going to go with this shit. 
Word for word from my lovely wife. First few are about the baby. Just changed Olive's diaper. Not sure how she cut shit on her shoulder. <laughs> That's fun to share as lovers. My wife breastfed my kids till they were two, which is a long time in North America. Yeah, she's into it. Also, at two, kids can talk. That's, you know, I don't want breastfeeding to be instigated with ma! Like, that's... I don't know why I made my kids sound like two-year-old frat boys. But just... Hey, ma! Dora starts in two minutes. Let's do this! The point is, whatever you eat uh, when you're breastfeeding, that's what your baby eats, which is why I got this text. Olive's farts smell like McDonald's. Guess I'm done eating there for a while. <laughs> Me too. Just in case you guys wanted to know the opposite of sexting. There you go. Here's a fun one. Where are you? Not a good start. Where are you? I'm at the soccer field. Johnny has to poop and there's nowhere to go. Okay, just for fun, let's say I was in the neighborhood. What's my move? What am I supposed to do? Just show up like, don't worry, I brought a shovel, I'm going to build a trench, the whole team can go. Line them up! You don't send that, you send bring new pants. That is the level I can help you. Another fun one. Good news! It's not, spoiler alert. Good news! Your son just ran up to me and said, guess what, mom? I can move my penis without touching it. In his defense, kind of a big day. All right, last, last one I'll read you guys. It's gross, I'm sorry, but being a parent is gross. Johnny had diarrhea, missed the toilet. We had to go. Can you clean bathroom when you get home? That was six weeks ago. I've just been driving. I'm not... That's a breakup text. Someone commented, this guy talks about his kids too much. I left that one alone. Someone else commented to them, uh, he's a dad and a comedian, so watch something else. Someone responded to that person, maybe he's not even a dad, maybe he's just making jokes to cover up what actual creep he is. So I, did, I just responded to that guy, fuck off. And then he responded, uh, now I know you're a creep because he told me to fuck off. Look, I just try to bring joy to the world, usually with a cold. I just try to bring joy, maybe get a little advertising revenue and joy. Yes, most of the comments are overwhelmingly positive, but it still means even, and I'm not even a read all the comments guy, but like every day I get, if I just glance every day, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm unfuckable. I look like a shitty Dave Grohl. I'm not funny. Every day I can see variations of that. And yes, every day, you're hilarious. Why aren't you famous? You should have Netflix. 
you know, you have beautiful hair. Yes, I do get some positive comments. Overwhelmingly positive. But my point is, it's already psychologically hard enough to just like wake up, put up these clips, have the comments come back about what a piece of shit I am. But now I'm a pedophile? I'm a fucking creep? Who made up children? That doesn't even make sense. What pedophile's plan is to become hilarious? If I get funny enough, they'll come to me. Is that the scam? Doesn't even fucking make sense. Comedians talk about their kids. You know who talked about their kids? Bill Cosby. America's dad. One of the greatest comedians in the history of the world. Bill Cosby talked about his kids. And it's not like anything bad has ever been said about that guy. Hmm. He's touring again, by the way. Fucking Bill Cosby. Out of jail. After 70-something rape allegations. And a conviction or two that got overturned on a technicality. He's back out touring. But, you know. I guess the Cosby thing's just the classic he said, she 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 said, she, you get it. Waka waka. But besides being accused of being a child-loving creep. Things are going pretty well. It's so weird to put the monetary value on a stand-up clip. Like, I had a clip that, uh... I played it on here. I played it a couple episodes ago. About... Some guy was mad that lesbians took his water when he was at Burning Man. I put that up on everything, but it got, I don't know, I think it's up to 60,000 views or something on Facebook. But so I can, I can look and I can go, oh, I've made $11. I might be wrong on the number, but my point is I can look and I go, oh, I made $9 or 13 cents so far. Because of that thing I said to the guy who was talking about lesbians stealing his water. It's so weird to put the monetary value on it. Like I would walk off stage after a funny interaction with an audience member and be like, oh man, I think that was worth $23.19. I'm, uh, I'm supposed to shoot a special this year. I mean, someone told me they're shooting a special for me this year. Was that someone Netflix? No, it was not. Amazon Prime? Nope. Showtime? No. Nickelodeon? God, I wish. Animal Planet? Nope. 
someone who said they will use their connections after they tape it, and if nothing happens, we'll put it on YouTube. But, like, I have a couple of, you know, I have a bunch of albums. What do I have, six albums? But I have kind of two full-length, well, I guess three full-length video things you can watch, one of them being the dry bar one. And no one gives a shit about albums anyway. But those were, one of them was done with two cameras by a guy who normally records weddings. One of them was just one camera, and it happened to get really good sound and through the board and everything, so that's just a one-camera special. Dry bar is really good, but that's, you know... But this is like... Someone's going to spend, you know, I don't know. I'll believe it when it happens. Not that I'm doubting, I just mean... It's been a week or two. Things can change... We'll sit this with life and comedy, you know what I mean? Plans are being made, but who fuck I'll, I'll believe it when it happens. But he's talking about spending a lot of money to do this. And uh So obviously it's very exciting. Uh, to think about, but it's also, uh, this probably isn't interesting to you, but it's what I'm thinking about driving home from a show, thinking about recording something in several months. I don't, there's like a lot of material that's on the album I recorded last year that I guess is still supposed to come out at some point. That if I was recording right now, let alone June, when I'm talking about recording something this special, uh, there's a lot of stuff that is not, I mean, I bet there's 15, 20 minutes on my album that I recorded last year that I no longer do. Some of it was more COVID-y. I mean, it's not really... It's not like you can't talk about COVID anymore. It's just... I don't know. But... So I'm in this weird position where I'm like... Does that... Do I relearn? Do I start doing some of those old ones? So it can be on this big special that I'm going to tape in June, allegedly. Do I kind of take some of the stuff I'm doing now that's not brand new but newer and be like, okay, let's not worry about that for a while because that's going to be on your next hour. 
Because if I do both, <laughs> if I if I start doing some old stuff I'm not doing right now because I want to get it on the special and I keep, you know, it's too much. We're talking about, I don't know how long, but 80 minutes or something, you know, it's too much. And because those video, I mean, I call them specials, but they're just full-length shows. But all of a sudden, that's like the legacy of me, much more than the albums, you know? Oh, you like that one? Watch this one. You like that one? You know, the dry bar has a little stuff that's on the other ones, but... So, like I said, whatever. There's 20 minutes that are not going to be... I can still put up the clips. Some of them I have, actually. So, I think, uh, you know, just talking out loud to me, right now, I think I'm realizing I can't. you can't go backwards. think there's like one joke that I'll bring back because it's going to make the set flow better and it's not on either of the other specials. And then I think the stuff that I'm doing that is not brand new but newer, well, let's get it fucking tight by June. call that good and I still think it might be more than an hour I don't I still might have to maybe not but I've never been in this position of like I've been in the position of recording an album where I go okay what do I want to do or what order do we want to do it? All that kind of shit. But I've never been in the position of, okay, I got six months until I shoot this big special, potentially the biggest thing I've ever done, at least money-wise, the biggest thing. It's not my money, but the biggest investment anyone's ever put in me. I'm sorry I'm being vague, but I have to be vague. Like, I'm going to write new jokes between now and June. And so I have to say to myself, unless it's like an addition to a current joke, I have to go like, okay, I can keep doing this till June, but this one's not. <laughs> Anything I write now is for the next hour. So that's a weird brain space to be in, because I'm almost like, it's almost like a new idea is a distraction. I don't need that right now trying to figure out how to get the greatest special in the history of the world taped in June. What's this new idea going to do for me? 
And also, I'm not used to thinking in terms of my new hour. Because I'm not famous enough, I have to worry about that. I've been making, like, a new album every three years. So, what do you want to call that? 20 minutes a year? 15 to 20 minutes a year of new material. I mean, I write more than that, but then I keep, you know? Which is enough that when people see me and they haven't seen me in a while, they go, man, you got a lot of new shit. So I, I, I don't really think in those terms, like my new hour. In fact, I kind of hate that. When I see it advertised from comics, like, hey, come out to the show, watch me run my new hour. I'm like, don't say that. Just tell them it's a comedy show. I mean, you can say it's stuff you haven't heard before, I guess, from a marketing perspective, but... So I think part of me wanted to be like kind of a chicken shit about it and be like, okay, I'm taping something that might... Let's say it goes so well, I do need a new hour because so many eyeballs are going to be on it. I have no idea if that's going to happen. But let's say that happened. But I, instead of taping a lot of like the newer stuff I have now, I taped a bunch of older shit. Then I'd have like, okay, now I can... I have 20 minutes of my new hour already. It's kind of like a... It's kind of cheating. I mean, it's not really cheating. It's all my material. But, you know... We'll see what happens. But I guess... The idea is... In that I think we're going to tape two shows in the same night... I want the best possible show I can do and the reality of that is the best possible show I can do isn't me blowing dust off shit I haven't done in a while. And also I'm not going to do anything that was on any of the other stuff. I'm not going to do anything that was on the uh, my two full length YouTube things or the dry bar thing. Because I think that makes sense. Alright, I'm glad we had this talk. We got it all figured out. I still think I might have too much material, but... Also, I have no idea, like, even... After it's taped, how long till it's edited, how long till it's a product, how long till you pitch it to the people you pitch it to. How long till they say no and you just put it up on YouTube anyway? It might be a decent amount of time and, you know... I've just never put up my current set before. When people go watch me on YouTube... They're not really watching anything they're going to watch me do at the show that night. So that idea that famous comedians have to do all the time, like, whatever. Ali Wong puts out a fucking Netflix special. She will never do that material again because... I guess... I don't know. You just don't. 
I think it's overblown. I think we probably... If you went to see Ali Wong and she did 10 minutes... That she did from her special and she did an hour of different shit, are you going to leave going, boo? I don't know. Well, I probably shouldn't have brought her up as an example because... Or less, I don't know if you guys are Ali Wong fans, but uh, I like her. Uh, her whole last special was uh, about how she wanted, she's married, but she wants to fuck other dudes. And then two weeks or so after the special came out, she got divorced. I'm like, maybe that special was a little on the nose. I've been in the room when uh, a famous comedian will do material that they are famous for. Uh, I remember opening for Hannibal Burris many, many years ago in Calgary, and he, uh, not everyone in the room, but like, there's like, I was watching a table who was huge Hannibal Burris fans, and he did some of the material, I think from his album that they knew very well, and they were fucking thrilled. It was like, you were at Leonard Skinner, and they, he would, they went into Freebird. Now, I don't know if they laughed, but they were just excited. There's not the element of surprise, obviously, but... I don't mind seeing a comedian do a joke more than once. No comedian can really mind that, because we're around each other all the time. I mean, if it's a comedian I've never met before and we do five shows at a comedy club that weekend, by the fifth show, I'm like, I got this guy's act down. It's just, you know. That's why it's called an act, for fuck's sake. But I've never really thought about that. I've never, I've kind of done my own thing where it's like, I put out, I record the albums, but as far as the video, it's like I kind of put it out. Oh, here's the thing I recorded two years ago. I'm not doing that much of this anymore. I'll put it up. So the idea of like shooting an hour four months later, I can't do any of those jokes anymore. Boy, that's fucking scary to me. And I have no idea if that's actually going to happen. And I guess it would be a good problem if it did, but I've never done that. And I've been doing comedy 21 years. Oh, Jesus. I've always written enough to keep myself motivated, and I think hopefully enough that if you're a Gabriel Rutledge fan, you always get something new every time you see me. But I will admit that idea scares me. And I might not have to worry about it. I probably won't have to worry about it. But that's not how anxiety works. Well, there you go. I think we worked it out. My special's going to be all crowd work. 
It's going to be called, What Do You Do For A Living? That's not interesting. I'm going to talk to someone else. How about you, ma'am? What do you do for a living? Do you have any dick pics on your phone? I'd love to see them. You guys have been a delight. Look, I, I don't say this to every crowd, but I feel like we're close now. You almost showed me a dick pic. I did not see one coming. It's all right. Was you deleted? Or someone deleted it for you? Yeah. You just scroll through your phone. She doesn't need that. <laughs> I feel like I took, I'm doing all this talk of consent and I'm like, show it to me now, show it. I got carried away and I apologize. Show it to him. He, she doesn't have it. <laughs> she doesn't have it. It's worth worse because you're in a leather jacket. It feels more aggressive. I'm wearing an elementary school t-shirt that feels illegal. <laughs> I'm gonna go. You guys are great. Have a great night. I appreciate it. It is funny. And again, this is not... Netflix did not approach me. This is just... You know... It, but it's funny. Like, you know, you want people to take chances on you. You want people to like, hey, I'm worth this. And then when people start talking about the amount of money that they're going to put into this project, I go, oh man, I don't, that seems irresponsible. I just did a gay bar in Vancouver. I don't know. E. I don't know if I'd do that. I got a guy who normally does weddings. That we could get for a lot cheaper than that. I've also, not only am I thinking about what materially I'm going to not do and materially I am going to do, assuming this happens, uh, thinking about a title. I don't know if you're familiar with my act, you know, I've, I've been thinking about a lot of things. I've been, you know, maybe inside the park home run, inside the park home run. Seems like a fun title. Nectarine might be a fun title. It's weird and vague. What's that mean? Let's watch it. Nectarine might be a good title. The Gentleman Yields His Time might be a good title. These are all, you know, these are all jokes of mine. I think those are all good titles. But I thought about it, and I think I, I have the best title possible for this special uh, when I thought of it I'm like of course of course that's the title uh, my new special is going to be called Waka Waka <laughs> <laughs>